Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us once again. And today we are discussing album number four on Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 greatest albums of all time list. This is Back in Black by ACDC. Um, we'll get to the cover art in a little bit, but something uh, <laughs> really compels me to go and watch uh, Spinal Tap Spin- when I see this <laughs> black cover arrive. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's really more of a pastel black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know that I've ever held, uh, I'm sure I've held a copy in person, but I don't know what the sheen is like either. It's flat black or if it... It's got some uh, satin to it. Is it pronounced Akadaka? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, maybe we should do details because that's what we've been doing. Yeah, so let's we'll just dive right that? into okay. the details. Okay, 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 yep. okay, 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 okay. Don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix <laughs> don't it. Don't fix right? it. Yep, right. Details, 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 details. So, this is Back in Black, released July 25th, 1980. So. Almost, almost 43 years ago, Ben. <laughs> Amazing. Believe that? <laughs> um, I believe this was their seventh studio album. Have I got that right? Seventh studio album. That's right. Uh, the the first to, to have first appearance of Brian Johnson. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, all tracks written by Angus Young, his brother Malcolm Young, uh, who has passed now, and Brian Johnson. Charted very well. Did went to only number four in the u.s however went to number one in the uk canada australia which is where most of the band is from and france um i think it's important to note this is their seventh their seventh album in just as many years or less i think they (laughs) they're i think they started in yeah they were formed in 73 I think their first album was around 73 or 74. So in that many years, yeah. Um, And this was the first album after the unfortunate passing of Bon Scott. Bon Scott was the original lead singer. Um, The whole band is from Australia. And Bon Scott um, passed away, I believe, in May of that year, if I'm Getting that. I'm, I'm doing a lot of this from memory from what I've read, but um, uh, alcohol, acute alcohol, alcohol poisoning. He kind of kind of drank himself to death one night, went on a binge. Um, the band uh, decided they wanted to continue. The day after his funeral, uh, decided to audition new lead singers. Uh, had Brian Johnson in. Um, I think made a decision very quickly and right away went into the studio. Uh, they said that Bon Scott might have written a little bit, um, and they used some of it. And I think he might have recorded some demo tracks. Uh, they've, okay. they've said in years since then, but really he wasn't really involved in this album at all. Um, unfortunately, due to his passing, and he didn't record it. So then uh, Brian Johnson joins the band, and they uh, they click in the studio. They do the album, and. Uh, 
as they say, the rest is history. It's a massive hit. Um, it goes over very well. That that can be very tricky. Um, you know, when you have a a band member pass and reform, especially when it's the the front man. Um, yeah. I guess at least lead singer Angus Young obviously takes center stage for a lot of their music even back then. But uh, yeah, um, uh, they did very well and have done very well since then. Um, even in the last, I think in the last five years, Malcolm Young getting, I believe, dementia and passing away. Mm. Uh, they they have continued to, I think they're done now. Brian Johnson has had some, some health issues as well, and I think they're done. But yeah. anyways, um, that... <clears throat> that's kind of the formation of of this album and kind of how yeah. it came about for sales it sold an estimated 50 million copies worldwide um <laughs> that's amazing. december yeah it's incredible december 2019 the album was certified 25 times platinum <laughs> in america um that's 25 million right so 25 million certified and then estimated another 25 in the rest of the world making it the fourth best-selling album in the united states I Number was trying four. to think about like how uh, how I would have heard this, and I guess with that many people buying it, I knew someone at some point who had it and <laughs> was playing it. <laughs> yeah, and just looking at the singles that were released from this album, like I- I'm guessing if our audience knows much about ACDC, if you'd get someone to list, you know, a handful of songs, maybe five. I bet one of the songs that they list will be one of the singles from this album. <laughs> like, I think there's right, something yeah. that's sort of quintessentially ACDC about this. Um, even though there is that pivot point from Bon Scott, uh, it's still like, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe maybe this says something about when we came along. But this is, this is ACDC to me, um, this album. And, and the four singles are You Shook Me All Night Long, Hell's Bells, the opener track, Rock and Roll, yep. Noise Pollution, and Back in Black. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> some huge tracks. Some huge tracks. Um, but before we get into the music, a couple more really quick notes here. Um, was produced by uh, Robert John Mutt Lang, uh, <laughs> who I think is a pretty well-known uh, producer. Wasn't he married to uh, Shania Twain? She was married to a guy named Mutt. Is that him? I think so. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. She was married to Mutt Lang. Huh. Uh, so that's that's another that's a Canadian connection. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think that's about it for the kind of some of the deep. I mean, there's a lots of things around this album, but um, yep. Uh, those those are kind of some of the main things. We already touched a little on the cover, but boy, it's. It's classic and simple. It's black. Uh, <laughs> as, a, as a friend of ours might say, it's pretty slick. Pretty um, slick, yep. It's like, you know what? There, there's We just did um, Beyonce self-titled a yep. couple reviews ago. Just black with her name. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. Like, hey, if it's a good album, <laughs> the yep. music will speak for itself. You don't that's right you don't have to jazz it up um and i think there is something memorable about that too i mean i guess the the epitome of that is the white album you know just yeah everybody you know you can i know it's just white but 
says the Beatles on it, but but you can you know you you, you see that <laughs> you, you you know it, like, it's it's very iconic. Yeah, I think this is yeah. the same way. Um, I think I recognize this. I don't know why I always thought the the lightning bolt between ACDC was yellow. Maybe it is another. I think it is another uh, album's rather. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it follows a theme. Like I, I, I um, just out of curiosity, googled black album covers. So the aforementioned Beyonce album got uh, this album here. Metallica has a black album. Uh, yeah, yeah. Velvet Underground has an album, ironically titled "White Light, White Heat," which is black. Oh. Um, <laughs> Very clever. It's a, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's a theme that uh, lots of people have have uh, have played with. Uh, Prince has a black album that's all blacked right. out. Kanye yep. West has an album that came out just a few years ago. Donda, I think, is how you say it. Okay. It's all black. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, uh, you got to have some confidence. Uh, yeah, to, yeah. It's to pull it off. Uh, there's a lot of albums on the list that I have never ever heard of, and um, those ones don't <laughs> don't necessarily last as long. But yeah, I think we said when we were talking about Beyonce that like you, yeah, you can't really do that on your first album. No, like that's no, the that's album right. where you have you know your face or a picture of the band. Yep. You need to get your image out there, and mm-hmm. then you know once you once you've got some gravitas, you can uh, <laughs> you can you can kind of do this sort of thing. But anyways, yep. they did it. Um, you know, when when there's this many hits and the music is is this successful, I almost even wonder if the if the cover makes any difference at all. Like, well, I, in, in some ways, I think the the cliche about this style of music is like really leaning into black and leather and yeah um, darkness. So I, I like there's something pretty rock and roll about this album cover too. Uh, you know, yeah. parodied parodied quite well in the um, uh, Spinal Tap movie as we <laughs> referenced earlier um, but yeah it's it, it's fitting it, it doesn't strike me as like a, oh they were trying to be artistic or something no I think they just wanted to be bad and black like and I don't maybe a nod too to losing a, yep. a band member as well to almost uh, pull in that funeral kind of uh, idea yeah. too maybe I think it's uh, appropriate now to move move to the music talk you know back in black obviously a title track too as i was listening to this ben i would i would, it wasn't right away but i thought hey let's uh you know i should focus a bit more of the on the lyrics <laughs> and then <laughs> I, oh, re- boy. I realized that, that big mistake you know i never <laughs> well i never even before going and reading them i never really like I never really cared, and and I don't think I've ever <laughs> listened to, I've ever listened to ACDC for the lyrical content. Yeah. Um, well, and, and do they care? I guess I'm I'm wondering that too. As I, <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's, ri- it's ri- <laughs> some that are like the fifth track. Let me put my love into you is dangerously creepy. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, like uh, yeah, I don't know. Almost like old, old school kind of like uh, um, sexual pressure kind of uh, oh, man. nonsense. Uh, yeah, and 
shoot to thrill too like uh sort of like mixing guns and drugs and rock and roll and um i don't know it just it's almost like it is really it feels sort of cliche and i, I don't and I, I find myself wondering are the lyrics important or is there just like an attitude here that they're trying to project something that you can you know headbang along to and uh and get feel yourself getting pumped up because i i like this this music feels so nostalgic to me because it it fits in with the like i i've heard um uh mike myers talk about wayne's world was even though they said it in chicago for the movie's sake it was just really about growing up in kind of like small town ontario where right. your life yeah. was driving around in the car uh, head banging along to your favorite song, going to the music store not to buy a guitar, but just to like gawk at it, and yeah. uh, and and then go to your house, to your basement, and and turn up the volume to eleven, right? And and then when I listen to this album, I, that's it brings me all the way back to like teenage years, to um, yep. you know playing uh, hockey with our buddies or sock hockey or hall hockey, whatever. Um, hockey rendition we iteration of hockey and picking out like a hype song to play as we were sort of introducing each other to ourselves whichever teams we were on um, you know pick a track I like, we did that <laughs> pick a track like uh, Back in Black or Hell's Bells and uh, like everyone's gonna cheer and uh, uh, yeah it's just uh, there's there's something really nostalgic about it and I don't think it has much to do with actual content as much as the way that they are purveying uh, a feeling or emotion or yeah i don't know it's a long-winded way of saying all that <laughs> yeah I, well i think you're right and i think i've heard back in black hundreds of times mm-hmm. and and if you asked me to sing it right now i i, I know the tune mm-hmm. i would just be mumbling <laughs> all the words i have not a clue not a clue yeah right what the back in black that's it. You could, that's it. That's, you could probably uh, I, play the guitar I, the riff rest, I'd just be much it. easier than sing the song. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I I guess the writers might have something to say about do the lyrics yeah. matter, but maybe they don't uh, because, you know, it's just, it's such a, it's such a powerful sound. Um, there is... Ma- yeah, I, machismo uh, and so, way over the top uh oh for sure uh, for sure you know masculine dominance patriarchy and and so i maybe there is something about there's probably a certain slice of culture that is drawn to this for its lyrical content that, <laughs> that wants something kind of like arrogant right. and, and filled with swagger <laughs> um but I, yeah I, that's not what drew me to it uh, as a teenager, or what made it cool. I guess no, no, no. It was, yeah. the, it, it, it was the energy. For it me. was the energy, the energy yep. and the power, yeah. and the, the electric guitar. It's just it's and it's mm-hmm. so. Listen to the album. Like there's no, there's no ballad. You know, yep. there's it's yep. just all right on top the whole time. Um, I want as we get into the music and talk about some of the tracks. I want to ask you a question. I'm going to put you on the spot here a bit. As we, we were prepping for this. You kind of made a, an offhanded comment. I don't think it was during a recording about Back in Black. Kind of like, oh, Back in Black's next. And you said, oh, boy. Oh, brother. Something like that. <laughs> and so I started thinking about that. I thought, oh, that would be interesting. And um, 
I want to I want to hear your take on that, but I was also thinking about. Um, I my reaction was well, I was kind of looking forward to it because it's fun, but it is you're right, it is cliche, it is kind yeah. of, uh, you know, it, it is. And uh, a little while ago we reviewed Guns and Roses, mm-hmm. um, Appetite for Destruction, Appetite for Destruction. Yep. Okay, and and I found that very obnoxious, uh, very. <laughs> Again, full like just just lyrically, just a very problematic, a nightmare. Um, even musically, like 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 obviously amazing guitar solos and and full of power, but just just drove me nuts listening to it. Made me uh, just want to cover my ears sometimes. But this has some of the same elements. Yet this, <laughs> I don't find it obnoxious. So I'm trying to figure out why is that. So I'm wondering, Ben, after you've made that comment and yeah. maybe you've had a chance to listen, do you still kind of feel that way? Is this oh on the boy. same level of the Guns N' Roses, or is there something <clears throat> different about this? <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that album because that's exactly why I said, "Oh boy!" I thought, "Oh, it's going to be another. It's going to be nostalgic for a moment." And then the second track's going to hit the same. The third track's going to hit the same. The, the Guns N' Roses? Yeah, I'm going to get bored and tired of it. And it didn't do that in the same way. I don't know if it was because right. yeah. our friends okay. listened to this album a bit more than, than GNR. Um, but yeah, I, was, I found myself enjoying it and thinking, like, this is what I thought Guns N' Roses would be, just done better. Um, it's still cliche and and the <laughs> lyrics are ridiculous um and i and i can't quite put my finger on what why i find this greater than that um it's yeah it's even like is it like timeline um this comes before uh, appetite for destruction uh, almost a decade before uh so I don't know. Maybe they were pioneering this this sound when, when Back in Black came out. But it's their seventh album, right? It, ACDC sounded very similar, aside from the pretty significant change in lead vocalist. Um, so I, I I really can't put my finger on why <laughs> I had more appreciation for this, other than maybe it's just maybe it was Canadian hockey rinks. Uh, ACDC got a bit more <laughs> hype up sound and play maybe, than, yeah maybe than gnr i don't know okay are you like as you're asking that question to me is there anything coming to mind for you that that might explain that why we feel that well, that way i feel like if i was in front of a, a jury trying to explain why i like this and don't like that i yeah other than just a personal bias that there's something or maybe I don't like Axl Rose, or maybe I don't know. Mm, uh, there was way more drama yeah. around GNR in terms of like, you know, they they had that long hiatus. They worked on an album for like ten years and never released it. Maybe yeah. ACDC was just like someone you could appreciate without the drama in the way that GNR had. I, I don't know. And I don't. I think didn't it'd expect be fair this to... to be a debate between these two bands tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's fair to say that ACDC was out with was without their drama. But no, no, that's true. Uh, I think I think it's very different. Um, I, I don't know, but there's there's something maybe a little that that ego, and maybe part of it's Axl Rose and maybe Slash as well. It just seems so over the top. And here it's like 
maybe not. I mean, it's, the lyrics are still in your face, but maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like I don't have a good argument. I, I mm. at the end of the day, I just I just like it more, and maybe it's more nostalgic because I did listen to it more. Yeah. Now, now I can't I can't say if I know for sure that I ever listened to this album start to finish. I think I did. Yeah. But I don't know that I did. Did you? Have you? Do you know that? Have you actually? I certainly you know, didn't first... own it. I'm guessing no, I did. I'm guessing I did at. Phil and Steve's house, uh, brothers and former guests of the show, because I think Phil had all of ACDC's albums and, right. and would have had it on. Um, I, I do know that that the final track, Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution, is probably my favorite ACDC song. And as I think about okay. what makes wow. that song stand out to me, it's not as uh, headbanging or fast-paced as the rest of the album, but it is pretty classically rhythm and blues um, yes. in a way that I don't remember thinking a whole lot about when we talked through GNR. Maybe there is something about the way this music is built that feels more comfortable, familiar in the way that I can listen to a Rolling Stones album and think like this is four on the floor, rock and roll. I understand this. It makes sense to yeah. me. I understand yeah. this genre. This this fits. Um so I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I, th- I, I'm probably, yeah, there are songs that I don't remember at all too. So yeah, there was if, a few, I, if I had with. listened to them all the way through, I, you know, a couple of them really didn't stick all that well. And maybe it was the days of the CD where we'd skip ahead to our favorite tracks. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. And I, for some reason, I, 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 because I haven't listened to ACD albums, I don't remember where all the, the hits land yeah. in terms of the different albums um yes right and for some reason i i was like oh isn't thunderstruck on this <laughs> right and right the Th- thunderstruck's on razor's edge which came out a decade after this 1990 and i i didn't yeah. remember that you know we were still fairly young in 1990 uh, we were seven eight years old and uh, when i heard that song i just figured it had been around for a while but i guess mm-hmm. not yeah Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, maybe that's another thing. Uh, ACDC is kind of, to me, kind of timeless in terms of their hits. Like they're just mm-hmm. kind of there, part of the the zeitgeist. You know, the other thing that, you know, we we were talking about um, charts. We didn't talk about awards because I don't think they were up for any awards. And remember, this is back in a time when, when ACDC certainly when they first came out, even when this album came out, even though it was successful, was still considered very heavy hard rock i think even might have been considered heavy metal and i think Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. um you know this is even before acts like metallica which was like Mm -hmm. that's where you're getting into thrash metal heavy metal um you know when we listen to acdc now even the old stuff but certainly newer stuff i think more people would be inclined if you just said what is that what genre of rock i think people would say it's classic rock it's 
it's rock, it's hard rock. But I'm pretty confident there was a time when this was heavy, like very heavy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and the Bond, the Bond Scott stuff, the um, uh, Highway to Hell, uh, that kind of stuff was like, you know, and, and the and the the Hell satanic themes, you know, was really 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 taboo like it's just mm-hmm. not there's there, you, you know you're alienating a huge part of the population especially the american uh christian evangelical population sure. just going to steer right and many of them did steer right clear of it just because of that content so um, fodder for the record burning parties absolutely and and <laughs> even in, amidst all that it was still so successful um but uh yeah that there's just there's still something you know, so you, I, I know I'm kind of bouncing around, but you said something about blues. That's something that struck me as well when I was listening to this album. I thought, at one point, I thought, "What is this? You know, what what kind of rock?" And I thought, "Hey, I'm hearing a lot of blues, and not you know, not as yeah. like yeah. straightforward as you know, Led Zeppelin is a rock band doing blues rock. You know, especially their first album. So it's like not quite out there. But I was like, "There's a lot of blues elements here. Like it's mm-hmm. it's hard rock, but but there's blues here. Not not your straight twelve bars." 12 bar blues song but there's a lot there and it's still i think uh, a foundation of their music absolutely um, do you have any any particular memories of any of this music i've got one i've got one i, I, want, I want to know if you have any well, I mentioned the uh, hockey intro songs. You know, <laughs> we should maybe explain what hall hockey or sock hockey oh, is. Oh, man. Um, we, you know, Phil and Steve's parents were very generous with their home. Let, you know, having three boys, they let us really run wild. But we'd play hockey in their hallway, sometimes with sticks and a tennis ball. But when that got a little rough, we'd switch to sock hockey, which was basically like a duct-taped sock that we fling with our hands down the length of the hall <laughs> try and score and on your hands and knees and, on you, hands and, and knees, you'd yeah you'd 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 flick it you'd, yeah. you'd whack it yeah and i when when i press play on this album and the the big gonging bell starts ringing for hell's bells <laughs> i thought that's definitely a song that phil at some point like queued up as he came out into the hallway to to take me on as <laughs> a in a bout of sock <laughs> hockey, um, so that's the one, that's the one uh, memory. I, I, we you you referenced our, our friend uh, Victor, at least his nickname Slick Vic. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he would have been hanging oh, uh, hanging his head under the belt in the sweet corn field, asking for the volume to to go up, pointing to the sky. <laughs> um, if well, an ACDC that... track ever came on the, the tractor radio, <laughs> that's actually my my memory. Is, is, a, is, is a Victor memory. It was, it was later in the summer. Um, it w- might have been our second summer okay. picking, sw- picking sweet corn. If you've listened to the podcast, you know Ben and I pick sweet corn with a lot of these guys, uh, hand-picking, walking to the fields all day. And there was a, a conveyor belt that swung out from the trailer being pulled behind the tractor, and it had been rigged up with uh, speakers that were wired into the radio in the tractor. And yep. so we'd listen to classic rock. And I remember it was, Victor was a, a big, big ACDC fan, just loved ACDC. And it was the last day of the summer, or at least the last day before Victor went back to university. And <laughs> we were we were on our last load and we were picking what probably was going to be our last song. We were going to finish and it, Hell's Bells came on. 
and he just like you're right popped his head on the <laughs> turn it up we cranked that thing those poor speakers were just rattling just all the dust shaking and you could hardly hear it you know hardly hear the music you know just so distorted and then <laughs> it turns out we finished and we had to do another load <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't even the end of the it day the end. Oh. it was this huge build-up you know like this send-off this you know just oh, could barely man. even hear ourselves thinking and that's i think of that every time i hear Alice bells wow pal. i i think we probably mentioned this when we talked about our experience of uh going to sarge stock or uh, molson rocks for toronto whatever you want to call it uh but ACDC kind of stole the show from Rolling Stones, who were the final band and the headlining band, I guess yeah. you could say. They really did have, even even you know past their prime, uh, was it 2000 and, would it have been 2002, 2003, somewhere in there, they were still really putting on a show. And I, I remember the crowd getting oh, really man. excited. We had been sort of heat stroked and in the sun all day long and still brought everyone to their feet. Um, Still had that energy. Oh man! And and they. Not only do I really think they stole the show, but it was a magical time because they played through the sunset. So they started when the sun right. was hanging. Yep, yep. They were there through sunset and then all through the twilight. Um, mm. And I think it was dark, and it was just That's a good it was pull out really my DVD. cool. And watch that again. Oh <laughs> man, it was it it was fun. I mean, I I. And I don't mean to be disrespectful and say this. I remember being ready to, like, when the Stones came on, and we were, it was a long day. Like, we got there. Yep. It was it was smoking hot. It was, you know, it was just blazing hot. There was half a million people there. And if it wasn't for other people who I felt wanted to see the Stones, I was, I was getting close to saying, like, why don't we just go, you know? <laughs> it was like, the Stones were fine, but... You know, maybe it's not fair to them because maybe because it was again we had seen like 15 bands and yeah. and it, it was we were exhausted we were exhausted we were sitting we weren't we didn't even have chairs we just had some blankets on you know this gravelly grass that we were sitting on um you know we were pretty far back from the stage you know so we were tired and the stones were fine nothing wrong with their performance <laughs> you know but uh but the, but acdc i think was definitely a highlight that day um they they were amazing they were so good huh absolutely and you said past their prime i don't know man like uh you know they i think they had just released an album maybe a year or two before uh they were still just cranking well yeah i mean i guess i say that and i gotta watch what i say because i'm now following (laughs) some of these bands that are in a similar age range but (laughs) Uh, I remember thinking they looked old and were still somehow pulling it off. Uh, you know, let's see. Brian Johnson was born in 1947. So 2000, you know, at the turn of the decade, he was in his 50s. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, and still still pulling it off. But um, Oh, yeah. But definitely, definitely not like you know, not jumping around the stage in their twenties and thirties kind of, kind of, I guess that's what I mean when I say in their prime. Well, I remember thinking that Angus was maybe a millisecond behind on Thunderstruck, <laughs> but that's, uh, uh, that's pretty critical of me sitting here 
uh, <laughs> I can barely even play that riff, and he probably played it a million times. Anyways, right, right. Um, we, yeah. di we we digress, but uh, yeah. but you know, I think it's safe to say we, even though this isn't one that we own or one that we even listen to, there's a lot of memories here, and it's music that's really a big part of our culture, at least our you know, um, white North American rock. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. I know I know they're Australian. Four, four parts Australian, one part Scottish. Um, Brian Johnson's Scottish? He's Scottish, right? Pretty sure. English. Uh, he's English? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all you. Uh, yeah, English. Sorry, I don't know why I thought he was Scottish. Anywho. Um, <laughs> we should also say so, here, I think when we spoke with Barry Taylor, um, Okay. All the yeah. way back when we, what, what album was he even on for? Oh, he was on uh, Sex, uh, Sex Pistols. Pistols. Sex Pistols. Yep. God Save the Queen. We've got a real, uh, real Brit yep. to talk about that album. <laughs> um, he was a roadie for ACDC, but uh, several years before this album, he would have been yeah. part of the Bon Scott era. Um, yeah. And so, we love you, Barry. Um, but uh, I think you're. Your voice will be a part of another episode at some point, maybe down the road. Yeah. But this was not the yeah. one that we we thought might be um, the prime one for it. If I'm remembering correctly, Barry was was on their crew on the the highway to hell. American they kind of broke tour. into the United States. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think he was with them for Back in Black, but but I'm not yep. sure. We don't want to forget. We need to pick a couple of our favorite tracks. Oh, good for point. Yeah, our Spotify playlist. Um, We've been off and on with that. One, so. Yeah, we want to get back. We want to get back in the habit. Back in black. Back in form. Um, back in form. Do you have a favorite? Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I think I mentioned rock and rolling. Oh yeah, pollution. rock and roll. You said that's your favorite ACDC song. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Whew. Okay. Um, I want to give honorable mention to uh, another, I think, early 2000s, I think it was the year 2000, cultural reference. Uh, my sister and I uh, both watched the movie A Knight's Tale quite a lot with Heath okay. Ledger. <laughs> um, and I believe this is the closing track because the whole, it's a medieval knight movie, but the... Right the movie opens with the crowd at a medieval jousting tournament stomping and clapping to Queen's We Will Rock You. <laughs> and that sets the stage for the movie being full of modern rock tunes. Right. And I think when we talked about right. um, uh, David Bowie Station to Station, I mentioned that I think of the scene when they dance and they do golden years <laughs> the knight's tale <laughs> so i also think about a knight's tale when i hear you shook me all night long because that's a movie i watched a lot uh, right. i like that song i like uh oh man i like back in black a lot and that riff is just you know every guitarist every electric guitarist it's probably one of the first riffs they want to learn so I do think... a lot of people apparently it has over a billion listens on spotify wow. which is which wow. is just amazing I think I'm going to pick Hell's Bells. There's something about... It is that classic, you know... But the way it starts <laughs> is so... Not yeah. just the bells, which is chilling, but the, the guitar. <laughs> yeah. um, 
yeah it's it's a it's a special song and yes it's a little cliche and yes it's overplayed but i love it and uh, <laughs> and it also reminds me of uh the slicksters so perfect um, yeah that that's mine um so concluding thoughts there bud yeah um this uh what what is aged well what is not aged well and this is mm. is a 40 almost a 43 year old album yeah. still played you know in sports events uh in movies uh, on the radio at least on the radio i listen to rock radio yeah. it's on a lot yeah. um what is aged well i would say um it's aged in the same way a lot of things uh uh that the previous generations really enjoyed it's aged along with them so this music i'm guessing would be in a car commercial um you know uh and because they want to appeal to the you know 50 60 70 year olds who still want to rock i don't i i'm guessing there are younger people who are also listening to this music um but they're probably listening to it as like an alternative to something else trying to be a little different not because this is like mainstream sounding uh anymore uh there is no mainstream right music has diversified in so many different ways i just don't think that this um you know when uh, i think there was uh i forget if it was uh the best-selling albums of the year at the end of last year but like for the first time ever there were no new rock albums that that made that list there were like a couple of compilations of uh past uh bands that that did quite well in the year, but nothing new that was rock and roll made the, the best-selling albums from last year. I think it was last year or the year before. Hmm. And it just made me think, like, something about what is in right now is not this. Um, right. doesn't mean that no one's listening to it anymore, and there are plenty of people who, who still, myself included, will turn on classic rock radio, and you mentioned it as well as your workplace. Um, but I think it, there's something... I don't know if it's stale or... They're just not in vogue at this current moment uh, about this style, uh, this sound. Hmm. Yeah, I. I would agree with you. I think. I think the rock sound is still relevant in many places, but not every place. And certainly, electronic pop music is dominating right now. I still think if you play guitar or if you like rock, this the music is still very much um, has aged well, is very relevant. Uh, the the vocal delivery, I don't know if Fonz or if uh, sorry Brian Johnson's vocal delivery was ever quote popular. He's so unique. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the lyrics uh, have not aged well. <laughs> nor do I even think they necessarily <laughs> were great to begin with. Right, um, right. But, uh, but the music, I think, is, um, I think, is still, at least in rock circles. I'm sure there's lots of other rock music from 1980 that is not relevant at all. In rock circles, this is still very much, you know, the, the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a benchmark to reach. Um, I think so. Um, it's album number 84, on the list uh, it's fallen not much it was 73 
in the first and then 74 on the coffee table book and 77 on the next list 2012 and now it's just just dropped down another so it's about the same yeah. spot virtually 84 what do you think about that placement for this very like fourth sellest yeah best selling album in the u.s ever right i would say i'm surprised it's not ahead of appetite for destruction I'm not surprised <laughs> that it's this far down the list based on all that we just said about what is aged well and what is not. Um, and it will be interesting to see in another decade or two, who knows how many more Rolling Stone lists will be like this. But if this continues to drift downward or if there is something about just how many that it, it has sold that, that keeps it kind of afloat. Yeah. Um, uh, there's an energy and an attitude here that I think is kind of timeless but lyrically it's aged poorly and <laughs> and that yeah it just makes me wonder like if this is if this is about as high as we'll see it from here moving forward um uh, i don't know uh, i'm skipping ahead here just a little bit but they did have another album um we've talked already about highway to hell which came out the previous year it was on the, the first three iterations of this list and fell off completely. It had been yeah. right around 200. So there's something about <clears throat> this style, this band, that is becoming maybe less on the tip of people's tongue when they think mm. about the greatest albums of all time. Um, this one is here and it's lingering, um, but but my hunch is that it's it's probably in danger. Um, okay. Kind of tr- falling down a little. Threatened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Hmm. Interesting points about that, about the shift. I would say this is maybe that argument between successful and influential. And I Mm. don't want to, I'm not implying that this album was not influential, but, you know, in terms of culturally impactful or radical um, or, you know, uh, bringing in, you know, new and new ideas or something i know this is the number one album but something like marvin gaye's what's going on you know that that kind of brings in these really potent relevant cultural ideas um this is not that musically it's powerful um and probably new you know in a lot of different ways uh but then the other hand it's extremely successful like very very successful one of the best so in some ways I say, well, I could think, yeah, I'd be okay with this, you know, closer to 150 or 200. But on the other hand, I go, yeah, but it's like, you know, 50 million copies. Like maybe yeah. it should be higher. So I, think, that, that I don't know. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I, I don't know if I put it top 50, but um, something tells me I feel like this is a little low. However... Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with you that uh, that I think this would trend, at least the way I think things are going right now. Would would can in another ten years yeah. would continue to trend yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you mentioned yeah, the, there were two ACD albums on this list. Now there's only one. Highway to Hell is no longer on the list. So this is the only one. Uh, yeah. If we do all of the 2020 list, this is the only one. Yep. That's it. Uh, hmm. Any other comments before we sign off? No, we made it to the end of another review, and uh, yeah, it's good to continue through this uh, decade of albums. Do you want to tell us what we're going to discuss next week, Ben? 
Yeah, this is a, a week where we'll be revisiting an album. We haven't done that a whole lot in this block. No, uh, there's been a lot of new ones. We're going to be shifting again to John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band, um, an album, ironically, I guess, by John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band. Um, so <laughs> we'll get to revisit that one and see if anything's changed in our thoughts. And mm-hmm. um, we'll go from there. Absolutely. Well, thanks. Thanks, Ben, for the wonderful nostalgic conversation. That's right. Let's go play some pond hockey or something. Yeah, yeah, I kind of want to do that now. <laughs> um, or at least some sock hockey. You try and knock out some more of those little windows above that's, the kitchen, right. kitchen door yeah. in the farmhouse. Um, uh, until next time, we hope you continue to be well. We hope that you take care of yourselves and those around you. And of course, we hope you join us again right here on the Sound Logic Podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our Sound Logic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.